0: Hello and welcome to episode 120 of what most people think Yeah, you're right, this is the earliest in the week it's ever gone up, if it all goes according to plan this should be going up on a Tuesday and since, I mean we only did the podcast, it went up last week on a Wednesday, we had a chat. Uh, with Constantine kissing, which got quite a mixed reaction, as to say, uh, in the letters, which we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah, just a week later, we've had we've had that video. You know what I mean? Just like you know, Liz Hurley wore that dress. You know, cheese and wine, cheese and wine. If Boris does go, will it will it then forevermore be called? Is this his cheese and wine moment? You know how these things get fixed in history. Uh, there'd be more parties, and then Boris pulls forward elements of Plan B, which are going to a vote, which should happen on tuesday so this is what most people think you know this is a podcast which has come at things from a right of center angle but here i find myself you know on the side where i uh, you know i tweeted i thought boris johnson i'd struggle to vote for the conservatives while boris johnson is still in charge you know there's there's a, there's a fucking limit and i i don't know i'd love to think that if there was an election tomorrow that i'd stick to that but who knows man i'm sure loads of labour voters said well i'll never vote for them under corbyn and then when push came to shove they did so Let's see where all that goes and take a deep dive on everything that's been happening. And speaking of which, it has been a weird week uh, for people on the right because you've had them turning on Andrew Neil, who, uh, of course, did that article and has been very defiantly sort of pro-vaccine passports and actually, you know, quite quite sort of uh, aggressive towards people that haven't had theirs yet. Meanwhile, agreeing with Jeremy Corbyn, who said that he thinks it's a bit dodgy to be mandating pass- vaccine passports for anybody in society, including uh, NHS staff uh, so we're going to talk mainly about all that stuff and we'll also talk about the SNP not only governing badly up there but also now in the realms of telling people what to think I don't know you know this is what most people think but you know people should be allowed to think but the SNP seem to think that they can change the language on how we talk about alcoholism and addiction it's a bit fucking rich isn't it it's just too much news there's too much news and I've been trying to keep up on all of it on basically two hours sleep while England are uh, shunted their way through yet another Ashes test down under and of course you know everyone said that there were you know there were plus points i would say that in test cricket which is a 5 day format of the game if you don't have a moment you know what i mean if you don't have a couple of hours where it's going all right you really are shit i mean like even fucking zimbabwe you know will have a, de- a decent partnership at some point and if we if we if 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 the best that we can look back on at the end of this series is that sparkling what was it? 70 run partnership between Josh Butler and uh, Ollie Pope. Then I think it would have been a pretty lean series. But but don't worry, don't worry, I'm not going to talk about cricket um, the whole show. Let's welcome a new Patreon. So the Patreon system is the way that we keep this weekly and ad free. You'll notice there's no adverts for anything you know, on here. There's no adverts for those those things where they send you all the ingredients to make a dinner, and then you make the dinner, and you think you're learning loads of new recipes, but the mo- <laughs> it's like googling stuff online isn't it You know the thing where you google a word and go oh, I know what that means now. no what you've learned is that you have to google that word to know what that word means, and I'm not sure that we're all becoming great chefs because of gusto uh, but we have a new v i p patron stephen hill stephen hill stephen hill he sounds like he sounds like the hardest kid in year ten. You know when you're in year 11 and like you've got your own hard kid in your year? You're scared of them, but he's your guy. And then you suddenly hear about Stephen Hill. Do you hear about Stephen Hill, mate? Hear about Stephen Hill? He beat up a grown man, mate. Beat up a grown man. Beat up a 28-year-old outside uh, outside KFC. You're like, fucking hell, Stephen Hill. The Hill, you heard about the Hills? Dodgy family, mate. Well dodgy. Do, don't even look him in the eye. It was funny, wasn't it, back in the day how people used to sort of venerate and glorify the, these tough families. We almost needed to believe that they were more than they were. Maybe they become maybe they became tougher against their will because they needed to fulfill that role in society of the violent bogeyman. Oh, mate, the Hills, mate. Oh, it's a dynasty, you know? And they're just thinking, well, some of us like gardening. Nah, you're the Hills. You're out of order, and that's the way it should be. Uh, we've also got Nicky, Nick Draper. Uh, I presume that his mates call him Nicky Draper. Drap? Do they call you Drap? There's oh, Drap coming. Nikki Draper. You sound very much like a 90s footballer, Nikki Draper. Uh, maybe you played for Southampton. You know one of those weird sort of Southampton players? Southampton players are never memorable. I don't know what it is about playing for Southampton. It's very, other than Matt Letitier, Yeah. Who, who's that keeper there? Tim Flowers? He was quite good. But yeah, Nick Draper, 90s footballer, mate. You know, maybe Nick Draper was the guy who's still got the curtains. You know, like Ian Walker had. Uh, the cuss Count is now defunct. Uh, we, it goes to next week when I have Ramesh Ranganathan on the show for the Christmas special. Uh, look out for that. And we will award him uh, the trophy. He doesn't know about this yet, so it should be good fun. And uh, we'll have a bit of a look back on the year and his year. And uh, I will announce the the new, the what is coming in place. Or maybe I'll keep that for the new year. That first week of January shit, isn't it? I've got to have something to give the show, a bit of pizzazz. So before we crack on with the main show, a thank you, a belated thank you to a guy I worked with recently called Scott Bichino, um, who I did, I hope that's the correct pronunciation, but I did um, pronunciation. I'm not even trying to do this sometimes. People are like, oh, you're just being stupid for an act. You go, yeah, not always, man. Um, Scott Bichino, he, uh I did a corporate For him, and he worked for a company whereby that they allow him to do a podcast, right? So the corporate wasn't the usual thing that we do in comedy, which is a room full of pissed up wankers. You know what I mean? Loads of them are going to the toilet, back and forth from the toilet, doing gear. So they want to talk, right? They don't want to listen to some other twat talk. It's that prick for the mashable. But this was a, a podcast, so I sat and spoke with Scott. And Scott somehow wangled a situation in 2021 where he's able to do to express opinions that are both right and right of center and not always fully woke. And I think that that is um, that is to be treasured. Uh, I wonder if we should have like a, um, you know, like they have the Equal Opportunities uh, Index, you know, Stonewall recently had their who's who's the nicest to gaze index or, or whatever it was called. Maybe we should have that with, like, uh, non-woke employers, you know, so people can kind of look. Yeah, no, these guys are pretty cool. You know, you can still do fancy dress there. You can come as Pocahontas if you want. You know, I mean, no one's going to judge. Maybe don't come as Joseph Fritzl. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, big thanks to Scott. It was a pleasure to work with him. And and a fuck you to the students in Durham, right? So I don't know if you saw... The University of Durham had uh, this after-dinner event, so they had a Christmas dinner, and then they had an after-dinner speaker, it was Rod Liddle, right? I mean, first up, that's quite a contrarian booking in the first place, you'd have to say. Um, but yeah, it goes on, and loads of them walked out even before uh, they felt, they probably felt unsafe, I haven't checked. Uh, they probably felt unsafe just because there were pigs in blankets in the room, you know? I mean, we're talking about kids that probably feel unsafe having to leave an answer phone message, so yeah, I'm not surprised that Rod Little made them feel like that. Um, but yeah, of course, now they're trying to get the dean sacked. It can't be that maybe it wasn't, you know, was this, you know, I mean, walk out. Absolutely. That's a protest that people understand. You go, I don't want to listen to Rod Little. I'm off. Good. Good for you. But does, does does the dean have to get sacked? Is that always where this has to end up? Do you know what I mean? Like that sense of that thrilling sense of power that these people get when they depose people. You know, they like to think that they're all these kind of, you know, beat Beater kids and you know wearing their satchels and all low stuff but they like power that's the thing i would love them for them to own is like i like telling you what to do uh there was also a story about a choreographer i can't remember her name but she set up a very right on dance company uh, she was very feminist and uh, she had some dancers to her house and she made them dinner drink was taken and then they got onto the subject of trans issues and gender critical issues which i would say is always a great issue to get for when you're pissed around your house you know how could that go wrong and um the dancers took exception to what she was saying and the way that she said it there were complaints and eventually she's she's had to she's had to leave her own <laughs> she had to leave her own dance studio that she set up now look i don't know exactly what she said or how she said it but surely there must be some sort of fucking amnesty for stuff that you you say in your house at a dinner party when you're pissed i mean it's the same as whatsapp i just feel like we should have a moral line where we say, Look, these are safe spaces. And you know, she probably went off on one, you know, was going, I don't think just because you've got a pe- bring me the Pinot or the or the penis. The pe I don't should get all confused saying stuff, but it, it does seem a bit rough to me that that you can lose your job, especially in this world where people acknowledge that she was a very right on progressive choreographer. Um, I mean it is always that thing, isn't it, about the woke. Devouring their own, you know, I'd, I'd love to see, actually, I'd love to see uh, uh, a David Attenborough style nature documentary where they show that phenomenon. <laughs> Here is a herd of wokes. The wokes are attacking the external enemy. But just look what happens. <laughs> look what happens. Something has happened. One of the wokes wasn't being woke enough. And one by one, they all turn and devour the fuck out of the woke only by this process Can the world feel truly righteous? Okay, uh, let's crack on and talk about this week's main subject, which is the turmoil in the party and whether or not Boris Johnson is now a liability that needs to go. Okay, it's always worth having a sort of recap at points like this. Um, We had allegations circling for a while about Christmas parties at number 10. Okay, and I, and probably quite a few people were, yeah... Not that bothered in a way. I think that we knew it was wrong, but I don't know. It wasn't really catching fire as a story for for some reason. I kind of thought that they probably did do some stuff that was out of order, but I just felt that they were bigger fish uh, to fry. And then we had the Allegra Stratton press conference in which she uh, appeared to tacitly acknowledge that there'd been some sort of party and was kind of there was laughter in the room about it. And I mean, if this is one thing that you don't want to. Show the public is people laughing about breaking the rules that that they were at the time imposing. I mean, let's not let's not forget this. This is what I find so astonishing, and this is the thing in a way that more than the parties and the lying is just the the judgment call, right? The the thinking that that a it wouldn't get out. That but you know politics being the bitchiest, most gossipy, leaky profession in the world. Like yeah, we'll just do this. How many people? That doesn't matter. There's no get out. And, and to do it at that at that time, it just it, 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 that's what makes me worry about their competence more than anything and of course, this video blows up uh gets genuine cut through and and deck weighed in I mean you know i mean that is almost like the 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 sort of litmus test of cut through in a, in in the u k isn't it It's such a gossipy little island if ann and deck are doing pointed satirical jibes. Uh, about it, then, then I think you might be in trouble. I mean, the only good thing for Boris was that the show wasn't in Australia because it would add five times as many viewers, and uh, he might already be gone. Do you know what I mean, Boris Johnson? Boris might be gone and eating kangaroo dick within the same year. <laughs> I mean, Boris Johnson's a prime candidate for I'm a Celebrity, isn't he? People see another side to Boris. Oh no, he's actually quite sensitive. But that may be. Look, oh, there's a prediction. I haven't done the New Year's show yet. Obviously, Boris Johnson on I'm a Celebrity within a year. And there is this concerted effort to get him out of power now. When you look at the leaks that are coming, they all seem to be coming from within. Uh, they don't. They don't just know where the bodies are. Do you know what I mean? They're exhuming the bodies, right? <laughs> they're digging out. They've got. They've got a cross grid map reference of every single body, every lie, and they're coming out and they're being drip fed. And each one of them, you know, like you know, like the knight in uh, Monty Python, the injured knight, and he's, he keeps saying it's all fine. Well, but it's suddenly. Boris Johnson might end up just being a torso, and then there is surprise, surprise. Amid all these allegations, there is a press conference amid the growth uh, of Omicron and fears about Omicron that they are reimposing work from home guidance, and, and there'll be a lot of people secretly fist bumping Boris for that. You know, there's a lot of opponents of him currently, but you have you also simultaneously. Have this, you know, this subculture of people silently agreeing with Boris Johnson going, just fucking get in there, Boris. Do you know what I mean? In December as well. Do you know what I mean? I'm just fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm work finished today. Yeah. Working from home. I'm off now. Um, and then masks in indoor settings. So theater's now going to return to looking like some sort of fucking weird variety show for the terminally ill. Um, <laughs> uh, mandatory pa- vaccine passports. I mean, he did have this um concession which was that you could have two lateral flow tests or something you know so it wasn't full-on vaccine passports but, but believe the fear that people have is that this is just a stepping stone on the way to that and you know again you get loads of people on the left silently standing with boris johnson but they could you know they've never admit that will they uh, they must feel a bit a bit unclean right do you know what i mean just yeah you know taking an antihistamine to stop their skin crawling but that's the thing; they don't have to admit that because Boris Johnson and the Conservatives have given them other other stuff to talk about uh, in the form uh, of these parties, and so it all starts getting a bit confusing. You know, I felt certainly that the hastening of Plan B measures—not that we won't need additional measures, right? Um, you know, I think if COVID has taught you one thing, is don't rule anything out. You know, at the moment, there's this idea that Omicron uh, is very mild. I, I think that you know, I hope that that's what it is, but it's all about taking measures at a logical point and that's the thing that a lot of people had an issue with was he bringing them forward for political reasons and then you know as the story goes on as political scandals always go goes on there's usually a left uh, a sort of overreach by the left-wing press and we had uh, the zoom party as well and I thought when we saw images of the zoom party I just thought okay I don't I officially have no more fucks to give about this okay I get it they did out of all the stuff you know, let's let's have the inquiry. I mean, Zoom, the, my most dominant emotion in being reminded about Zoom quizzes was being reminded about Zoom quizzes. I mean, I sort of had PTSD. Zoom quizzes were weird because I enjoyed them at the time, but there is a part of me that feels faintly embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, you went on a date with a sort of like avatar on a virtual reality headset and actually fell in love. And then you sort of like a few months later, think fucking, uh, yeah, just move on from that. And then, so at this briefing, even Chris Whitty, even Chris Whitty looked embarrassed to be up there. I mean, here's a guy that's been happy, him and Pat Valance, Patty Valance. Patty Valance, doesn't he sound like a singer? Like, remember when Reeves and Mortimer, Mulligan and (laughs) O'Hare? That's what I reckon. I reckon Pat Valance is like a a kind of session musician that records with Mulligan and O'Hare. And they were up there and they looked a bit like, yeah, numbers ain't really there yet. I mean... Chris, Chris Whitty was sort of going, you could get to these, do you know what it felt like? It felt like, you know on Countdown where Rachel Riley had to do an alternative way of getting to a number. Um, yeah, so if you wanted really wanted to get to a million, you could take the five and add the four. Again, I'm not saying Omicron won't be a big deal, but it was brought forward. And then I saw so I got fed up of all of this and I treated, tweeted about Boris Johnson, for what it's worth. I mean, fucking, I'm a, a comedian with less than 100,000 followers, but I just said uh, I probably wouldn't vote conservative again with Boris in charge. Wouldn't vote for any the other lot, but not for them while they've got him. Who knows? You know, like I said earlier, push comes to shove. Do I have the sort of conviction or the, would the fear of Labour getting in uh, make me think differently? But that was how I felt uh, at the time. And then what... What you got was some really interesting reactions in the comment section, uh, which shows how little people on the left understand the decision to vote Conservative, right? Um, first up was the, like, well, you must have known this when you voted for him in 2019. You're going, yeah, 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 I did, I did, right? I absolutely know this. But a Conservative vote is often a pragmatic calculation between a lot of things. And lest we forget... But in 2019, the alternative was Jeremy fucking Corbyn, okay, with all of his, you know, his equally as not across things as Boris Johnson, you know, his, his weird, let's put it his strange taste in graffiti, you know, in certain terms of anti-Semitism, let's leave it at that. Uh, no plan for the way to get us out of Brexit limbo. And again, people mistake this. They think that that is me saying the Brexit's definitely done or it's going swimmingly well. No, I'm talking about the constitutional crisis that we were l- gridlocked in and they, they didn't have a plan to get out of it one way or the other. And then, of course, there was the fact that, you know, uh, Labour under Corbyn and McDonnell was sort of planning pandemic level spending before we'd had a pandemic. So, yeah, I, I don't regret that, that vote. And, you know, I had reservations about Boris Johnson as a human being, but I held my nose and voted for him. And what's interesting is you get people on the left that they all the time they say, Well, I held my nose and voted for Corbyn, but they don't imagine that it could work the other way. They try, what they try and do is that they they like to on the left, they like to put you as close to something that they find problematic as possible, you know, whether it's racism, sexism, Boris Johnson, or they would probably think that he epitomises all of those things. But they'll say things like, Well, he's your guy, well done. Like, like, <laughs> no, rather than it being a calibration between the least shit option, apparently I had my Boris wig on, you know, I had my Get Brexit Done t-shirt on and I was in a, in a little JCB driving through my my son's Lego bricks. And they just like to think of themselves as intellect, well, morally superior first and foremost, but also intellectually. A few of the comments were saying, oh, and now Jeff finally sees it. Like, like they love the idea of the light falling from behind my eyes and... I don't. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure that the nation has ever loved Boris Johnson in quite the way that the press even and some people on the left think. I think that it's got a big majority because of the alternative. Some a lot of people liked Boris. You know, he was it, it, the, the element of him that was a bit of a laugh did have appeal, more appeal back then, I would say. But like, forget what Labour would do. Labour's campaign was shit as well. It was weirdly crap weirdly bad especially considering how effective the campaign was in 2017 so you put all those things together and the 80 seat majority kind of goes down as well it's all about Boris I'm not not sure it was but they like to believe don't they that there's this group of idiots constantly being taken uh in you know once again you were duped Jeff you were duped on Brexit you were duped by Boris no in every situation I took my own political instincts and the least worst option um but I do wonder if it is a bit... My biggest reservation about Boris going now is that it is a bit democratically dodgy, isn't it? For the last three prime ministers to have left office, not because of a public vote. I think, I, you know, I'm old-fashioned. I think that maybe the public should decide, but that would be three times on the spin that they wouldn't have. Um, and there might be that, that most people would want him to leave office now, but kind of good if that went to a vote, but maybe that's not possible, you know? And a time when... Who knows what's going to happen with Omicron? You might need a moral mandate. You might need, you know, to impose. I don't want any more restrictions, but there might be broad support for them, and and he won't have that moral mandate depending on how this inquiry goes. But who would um, who would replace him? Well, I did a, I did an unscientific Twitter poll. I mean, fucking everything on Twitter is unscientific. And I put the options as Sajid, uh, Rishi, Liz Truss, and Jeremy Hunt. You know, because obviously this Conservative Party is so racist that most of the top contenders to be Prime Minister are non-white. And there's a woman on there. And it came back, it was Sajid, uh, was 10%. I was surprised at that. I thought Sajid might do a bit better. You know, he's shown a bit of backbone and stuff. Uh, I quite like him. He's He's got a lot of experience. Uh, Rishi, 44%. He was the top one. Uh, Liz Truss was about 27%. And Jeremy Hunt, about 20%. Um, I've got to say, of those options, I just don't know about Liz Truss. She does seem like... does seem like she could have a bit of a white wine werewolf in her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, when you're a party and just sometimes you're doing that scared look over the shoulder going, fuck, you know. most people think. So, you know, I think that they have some reasonable candidates to come in. I don't know how Rishi would perform with the wider electorate. It would certainly challenge a lot of the Labour narratives about the Conservative Party. He's young. He's a British Asian. But cru- crucially, I think... Um, he's a bit conservative, you know, which I think that, you know, might be a good thing for the Conservative Party to go back to. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Boris Johnson has ridden things out before, right? And and they have already made quite a smart move in terms of how this vote is going to go to the Commons, I think, on Tuesday, um, is they've broken it up, you know, where there's face masks in on one thing and working from home another and then vaccine passports and then mandatory vaccines for NHS staff. So what might happen is that, Labour will sort of have to get this across the line and that won't play out well with the hard left. I mean, there's something like, so Boris Johnson <laughs> obviously had a kid recently, which was in all of this fucking hilarious that he's managed to just pop out a kid at the most politically convenient moment. But you get the conspiracy theorists the, the nutters, you know, the, I mean, it's just astonishing the world that they live in. But Keir Starmer then went on uh, Twitter and congratulated him and wished his family health and happiness. And this did not play out well. You know, they don't want they don't want someone being grown up and a human being. There was but there was some funny comments, the best one of which was someone saying, Did you guide him in, Keir? <laughs> a lot of accusations that Keir Starmer's gonna be a godfather. They don't want that! The hard left don't want that. They won't like they won't accept Starmer until he just runs across from the dispatch box and fucking shivs Boris live on air. Do you know what I mean? Just just fucking jacks a shiv into his lower back. Um they don't realise that being leader of the opposition, part of the job is to congratulate people on things like that. And you know, in terms of um restrictions, yeah, I try to be open-minded. Maybe the face mask thing, maybe it is just a a relatively small thing. I, I it doesn't feel like that to me, but I'm trying to be open-minded. But these all this stuff comes with its own harm, and we're already talking about um GPs throwing uh, more appointments into next year because as we all know about cancer it's very you know if you just give it a heads up if you give cancer a heads up that you know he's gonna have to wait it'll just go yeah no got it cheers a heads up jeff we'll just stop metastasizing or whatever the fuck it is uh or if you've got a grumbling appendix oh yeah no it's fine it's fine oh my hernia yeah i'll just hey, hey hernia uh if you could just chill maybe uh, until valentine's day <laughs> They all come with their own harm. And I think that's sometimes what people on this side of the argument just want to acknowledge. It's not a zero-sum game. You can't just continually save today at the expense of tomorrow. You have to look at the, the cumulative harm that come, is coming down the road. But just coming back to Boris Johnson you know, and his immediate prospects, it's very hard for me. I find it a bit... Un- if, and it certainly seems like he has, if he has hastened these measures because it's politically... Convinced. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have come in eventually, but if he has hastened them to provide distraction from a political scandal, then it's really hard to get past that, man, because you're playing with fucking millions of people's lives. But, you know, it is, he's low at the moment. He's He is a fighter, but it is hard to see how he could recover sufficiently to be a good candidate for the Conservatives at the next general election. that was a long subject there well that was one of the longest ones we've ever done um quick hype here we've got more um new patrons by the way got the best name i think we've ever had john way (laughs) sorry john i know you've had this your whole life and i probably should be more creative and say who you sound like you are but your name is john way i mean it'd be brilliant from if you're from the northeast as well uh we've got john way and johnny just johnny there so obviously works in a uh, a left-wing establishment. Maybe he's one of the dancers that went for a meal uh, with the choreographer and then got a sacked from her own dance studio. <laughs> that's got a fucking bite, is not it? Yeah, oh, what, the one that's got my name above the board. What, because I got pissed and said, okay, see you later. Uh, William McCready. William McCready. I mean, that sounds like it must be from... No, no, William McCready. Uh, maybe he also sounds like a... F- oh, no, maybe, maybe Rugby Union. William McC- Oh, or maybe a commentator. Uh, we now go to William McCready. Yes, England are nine, seven up against here, against the All Blacks. Um, Brendan Mead. We go, oh, is this is this Irish week, is it? Brendan Mead. Brendan Mead. No, maybe maybe he's more from Southern Ireland. it would be more like a a poet. Brendan Mead from Dublin. Brendan Mead. I did hear the owl cast its wizened sounds across the tundra of... Well, it wasn't bad, actually. I'm a fucking... I'm a, a poems, do you know what I mean? And then George Sinclair george sinclair that sound i don't know it just sounds like a a character from an american film in the 80s like you know a a hapless dad of a family george sinclair george sinclair was a simple man then one day his life changed forever when he realized he had a bionic cock (laughs) childish i went there i went for the knob gag to get out of a tight spot tight spot there you go all right i'll move on talk a bit about the SNP here we haven't spoke about them for a while and I, I do think to a degree as much as she would never like to countenance it or admit it Boris and Nicola they ain't so fucking different are they you know they like any opportunity to remind you who's in charge the head honcho laying down restrictions taking big decisions on behalf of the nation you remember of course during the you know the peak times of Covid Nicola carried on her little daytime briefing show a bit longer than was necessary do you know what I mean? Like I was, I was, at one point I was sure she was trying to sort of pilot a, a, a sort of loose women-style political Scottish chat show, you know? Hey, and welcome to the COVID briefing. Today I've got with me Michelle McManus and David Tennant. It it just went on much longer. It, it was daily for much longer than it needed to be. So she is she is not dissimilar for him. All these world leaders have seen that taking decisive and risk-averse. Actions on COVID play out well with a broader selection of the population. It's changing a bit in England. Polling suggests it's changing. but you know, you still see that 63% of people support vaccine passports. So they're sort of playing to the gallery. Um, And there's been new rules in Scotland where they dropped a bomb on the hospitality industry by just saying everyone should cancel their Christmas parties. No heads up, just straight up, cancel your Christmas parties. All these places, all these venues that have been buying in, you know, suppliers, beer... Bowser of beer just 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 fucked them she just fucked them she just gut punched them you know what i mean gut punched them and then did that thing you know like in the movies where the tough guy will then try and help the person that they've hurt and say you're okay breathe breathe that's what she did she was like we are squarely behind industry in this country Is another little dig in the kidneys and another rule that i noticed which i thought was interesting was that from the 11th of december household contacts of all covid cases will have to isolate for 10 days so we're back in fucking pandemic-style territory here in Scotland. But this is the crucial bit. Regardless of vaccination status, okay? Oh, I I thought we should have the, you know, protect the, have the vaccine. No, regardless of vaccination status, and even if they initially get a a negative PCR test. So, you know, the expensive test. I never fully remember the difference. Stalagmite, stalactite, PCR, lateral flow. Um, Because the thing is, PCR is the one that you spit into, isn't it? And but lateral flow, I know it's a bit gross, but the word flow makes me think I find it very hard to you. I, I don't know if anybody's done a PCR test, but is it oh, this is too gross. But you know, it says, um, <laughs> trigger warning, okay? But you know, it says on the PCR test, remember that foam doesn't count as saliva. Foam, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, that word is foam, foam is a weirdly gross word. What most think. But let's look at how they govern, right? This is ostensibly a nationalist party, but that quite often seems like a sort of eggshell for a kind of socialist slash woke administration, because if you look at like, there's no there's no direct correlation between the desire for Scotland to be independent and, and the SNP being as, as stridently left-wing as they are, and there was a classic case of overreach this last week where they had an announcement about, because of course Scotland have a lot of the worst figures in Europe on uh, drink and drug abuse, you know, some people say the best, depending on how you view uh, <laughs> an interesting lifestyle. But the most recent announcement was regarding terminology. So they're saying that we should uh, we should stop using the word alcoholic, right? Okay, you know that word that everyone understands, yeah? You know that word that is in the name of the biggest charity to help people recover from alcoholism? Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? It's going to be very anonymous now, because you can't use the fucking word. You can't say it. You know, you don't think we stand up and go, my name's Jim and I'm al- alcoholic. Well, here's the new thing you've got to say. Oh, my name's Jim and I'm a person with harmful alcoholic use, alcohol use. I mean, yeah, that really going to get the meeting off to a flyer, isn't it? Um, you can't call them junkie now. I mean, junkie is, is quite a negative one, but they're going to change that to person with problematic drug use. I'm a person with problematic, just people don't talk like this. But they've got to get problematic in, of course. That is, a, that is a, on the kind of left-wing bingo. That is pretty high up the list. Uh, instead of clean as well. You know, this was, I always thought that somebody who'd managed to sort of exclude drugs from their life. The word clean was actually quite a positive word. But no, you've got to change this to abstinent person who has stopped using drugs. I, yeah, I've been abstinent. You know, when they say I've been clean for 30 days, I've been clean for a year. I've been abstinent person who stopped using drugs for 30 days. I'm, I'm already tapped out, okay? Yeah, I'm a there's no card for that okay they don't give you a little chip for that it's a fucking mouthful i just don't know who sits around who sits around who gets paid how much do they get paid to make these sort of decisions and i do think it is a bit you know because there are increasingly people in scotland that are you know concerned at how authoritarian their government has been you know particularly in co- comparison to england over the how the strictness and the immediacy of covid measures and then it's almost like a slap in the face not on the level of maybe having Christmas parties but all oh right is this what you're is this what you're dicking around with words you got time to worry about words it was like, it was almost like when the um do you remember Peter or Peter the the against the cruelty of whatever of animals um when they said that you know we should change phrases like kill kill two birds with one stone to feed two birds with one scone do you remember that uh, <laughs> It didn't even scan because you could only, you'd have to say scone for it to rhyme. It just, this is up there with that mad sort of shit. And I just wonder, like, what is the SNP? You know, we spoke about what's Boris's mandate to make big decisions when he, you, you know, when part of the Conservative offer is about taking personal responsibility and he rarely seems to take personal responsibility for anything. What is the SNP's mandate to govern in this way, right? What is it about the nationalist project that allows them? to sit around just just deciding on random fucking word changes, you know? I think that that is politically a weird time to to release that. I, I don't know if when you look at, like, highest drugs and alcohol deaths in Europe, I think, or certainly among the highest, I don't think that a way out of this uh, is different words. I mean, it's mad when you say it. Yeah, I, I think that what most people think is what you really need is strong policies on on treatment... <laughs> Uh, But no, no, the words. All right, yeah, no, we'll have different words. Let's just just go out on the streets of Glasgow. Let's just go and speak to all the junkies, tell them they're no longer called junkies, and uh, let the healing begin. Okay, we've got a a letter here. Um, So this, as I said, there's a couple of people that were annoyed with me about... The, some of the things that Co, uh, Constantine said about COVID. So he said that he'd had COVID and he didn't have the vaccination uh, because he doesn't need to because he's had COVID and he proved that he can recover from it. And the point has been made by a couple of people that obviously with different variants you can't be sure and you know so he was obviously pro-vaccine people. I would think that in my reaction um, on when we were talking I think I certainly seemed surprised, but that's always my point. I'm not here to tell people that they're wrong about stuff. I want to hear largely what they think. Every once in a while, I'll gently challenge something. But if that's what he thinks, is that the experience of having COVID uh, and recover from, from it, it gives him enough reassurance to not have the vaccination. That's his choice. I'm pro-vaccination. I will have the booster, you know? I, I wish more people had did have the vaccination. You know, I don't think that it's the magic fucking silver bullet that we were promised. What was it? 15 million jabs to get out of this. Three weeks to flatten the curve, just fifty million jabs to get out of this. Fifty million jabs a week to get out of this. That's the problem at the moment. Is there was a long time with vaccinations where it was a very easy, you know, follow the science rule. But it's become the mud- the, the waters have been muddied, and, and you know there are there. Are, I mean, there's no doubt about it that the for me it seems fucking obvious that unvaccinated people are way way more likely to uh to end up in hospital with ser- serious illness but i just don't know if the answer is is fucking coercion you know what i mean i'm not even coercion there was um what was it baroness what's the name the one off uh the apprentice karen brady that's the one dated that footballer i mean <laughs> that's the worst thing about blow like me everything that she's done in her life and she's achieved in business i'm like oh yeah wasn't she banging paul pesky salido <laughs> <laughs> ah, grow up Jeff but uh, but yeah she basically said that you know let's not punish them but let's make their lives harder and more expensive I mean bearing in mind that you know vaccine this is vaccine passports and mandatory vaccinations and fines for all of that are much more likely to affect the least well off you know people from uh, God it's not BAME now is it not even minority ethic I, I mean it just feels worse to say people non-white people how is that fucking better this is one of the problems with constantly re rejigging the language People just seem to have dispensed with the idea of kind of persuading people and winning people over. And I do I do worry that that a lot of what's happening now is going to lead to a very, not, not like the majority of society, but I feel like, you know, it's about 15, maybe 20% of people in this country that are very freaked out now by the level of state intervention. And you might get, not anarchist parties as such, but people that are really, really quite violently libertarian. <laughs> that sounds like a weird thing to be, doesn't it? Violently liber- libertarian yeah, oh, he was—he uh, was a militant liberal democrat. <laughs> he was a radicalized centrist. But yeah, that—that's what—that's what I worry about. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a moderate person, and I fear that what a lot of what's happening now is all about saving today. And when we look at tomorrow, with health outcomes and what's going to happen to the political landscape, we're going to see some really bad effects coming off the back of this. But I appreciate you getting in touch. Oh, sorry. Quickly, and one of the other things from the letter was people wanted to know about the experience of sitting with Richard Bergen. Um, yeah, I mean, like I sat next to him. He was quite nice to me on Cross Questions. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen it, just so where he came to notoriety, I was on a an episode of Ian Dale's fantastic Cross Questions recently. I was sitting next to Richard Bergen, and uh, he got on the subject of China, um, and just to show Trump's influence. By the way, can you even think of that word without hearing his voice? I mean, that is a catchphrase and a half, isn't it? China. And uh, Richard Bergen, after Tory MP, Tim Loughton had basically said that he stood up against the Chinese treatment of the Uyghur, Muslims, and also Tibet, and had, you know, been blacklisted by the Chinese state and had his assets frozen. Richard Bergen then went on this bizarre rant, anti-West rant, and started talking about the Hiroshima bombs. <laughs> and Ian Dale was just pacing the game and yeah, but, you know, you could say that some of the stuff the Chinese is doing is out of order. He was like, uh, no, I think maybe... Get the UN in there to, oh, what the UN in to examine what's happening to the Uyghurs, in the same way that your boss Corbyn said that the Russians should investigate what happened in Salisbury. He just went off on one and it was just astonishing. And all of us were looking at him like, Richard, man, this is going to go viral. You're going to look like a tit. And he just didn't seem to care. Didn't seem to care. And I just kept quite quiet because I've learned that, you know, when you're never interrupt when your enemy is busy defeating himself. And then when it finished, he was like, all right, see you later, everyone. You know, He doesn't even know. He doesn't even fucking know. Okay, uh, as ever, at the end of the show, here we do the reviews. If you leave me a five-star review on uh, iTunes, I'll read it out. But thank you for all the good reviews that I get anywhere that you are currently posting them. And we got one this week. We got one this week, and it makes no sense. This is from Heavier Man. And it says, uh, I think what most people juice are oranges. Five stars. Right. Okay then Alright. Okay, well um, what a what a bombshell uh, on which to in <laughs> this week. I can't I can't do anything with that. It's just fucked my mind there. But um listen, I hope that you I'm not gonna do that thing. We start I've started to hear it again with COVID, people going, stay safe, yeah? Stay safe. Look, this is a, a nasty virus in a lot of cases. Not not for most healthy people of a certain age, but some people it is. But let's not talk, okay, like we're we're paratroopers as part of the D-Day landing when we're going up the fucking co-op, alright? Stay safe, stay rational.